Guys, a woman's purse, all right? It's her secret source of power, all right? There are many dark and dangerous things in there that we, the male species, should know nothing about. All right, this quote is good. I'm actually um, curious to see what your response is. So you want the, the multiple choice? choices? Absolutely. Let's go. All right. So was that quote from A, 16 Candles, B, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, C, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, or D, Love Jones? Um, so I'm going to be honest, I have no clue. <laughs> so we're just going to uh, take a guess and let's go with uh, B, how to lose a guy in 10 days. Yes. Really? <laughs> were, you, were you Googling? No, absolutely not. Yes. <laughs> that was Matthew McConaughey. Wow. That was right. a good guess. Hey, that was on point. <laughs> okay. I'm going to need for you to take all my uh, standardized tests from here on out. All right, we'll do. We'll do. We'll do. <laughs> so, welcome everybody to this week's episode of Not So Crazy Love. Did you miss us? So, before we get into the weather check, can I just say that we miss you all? I mean, we know we were supposed to be back last Wednesday. Wednesday before. <laughs> But um, life took us by the hand and told us we were headed to the candy store. But then it actually dropped us off in a back alleyway. And then we had to find our way back to our podcast home. That was a really detailed description, huh? I like it. <laughs> very, very. Um, but we're glad to be back, honestly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Boss Lady and I have some updates on things happening within our lives, which we will definitely mm-hmm. get into next episode. But before we bring out the tissues and reminisce, which we'll also do in the next episode, because this has been <laughs> such a great season. Yeah. But for now, boss lady, you know what it is. How is the weather? Mm, music to my ears. <laughs> um, The weather this week, I am coasting along the sea. Okay. Don't know which seat because uh, geography is not my forte. It's escaping you right now. <laughs> it's escaping me. I don't want to say the wrong seat, and someone will be like, "You know that seat's where all dead things float." So I'm like, <laughs> um, but no, I'm floating around along a very calm sea, and I'm feeling at ease. Okay, the weather is like in the. I would say like 70, 70 degrees, okay. not your 72. Hey, 70 still nice though. It's a little overcast, but not the kind of overcast that makes you feel like the boat could tip over and you could be landing in the sea. Okay. So it's just a nice, cool, calm, floating by sea day. So, um, yeah, I'm not mad at it either. What about you, babe? What is the weather looking like on your end? Uh, weather for me... This week, um, I would say I'm right about there with you at that 70, very, you know, mild overcast, not uh, not anything too crazy that makes you want to just sleep. Uh, just uh, it's almost a just right overcast if there's such a thing. Yeah. Is no, there such yeah. a thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a just right overcast. It's not uh, not sunny, 
but it's not too gloomy to where you just you know kind of feeling down it's that overcast where you can still be out and about kind of enjoying the time um i'm not necessarily uh sailing on the ocean the sea, <laughs> the sea baby the sea i'm sorry i'm, I'm not necessarily sailing on the sea <laughs> uh but um yes yeah, it's, it's pretty nice pretty mild Maybe you're on the shore watching me sail uh, Maybe. Okay. We'll go with that. I'm on the shore watching you sail. <laughs> watching you sail it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at least our weather is um, on par. I love it. Yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. So this week we have our last interview of the season. And we figured we would bring back a favorite couple from the first season. Married now almost 51 years. And always dropping wisdom on this podcast is Boss Lady's parents, Ma and Pa Dukes, Kelly. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, some of you may know this has been a challenging year for my family, for me and Derek, um, because what I go through, he goes through. Um, and we've endured some health challenges with my father, changes in plans, faith tests, etc., etc. Um, but to God be the glory, we have made it. And so we, and we as in Derek and I, have decided to share this interview with you all. Um, we actually recorded it the night before my father had a major surgery. Um, and again, to God be the glory, he is doing well. So absolutely, yes. thank you all who know us for your prayers and for listening in. And we hope you enjoy this interview. So we are so excited to um, bring on a very popular couple from the first season. I think our parents, Derek, um, were like the hit episodes last season. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> But uh, we want to welcome back my parents to the podcast. Welcome, Mom and Dad. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Welcome back. Yeah. So um, this is what we call a reunion episode. And with the reunion episode, we bring you back just to catch up, see how things are going, find out what's going on new. So what has happened since the last time we interviewed you last year? Well, a lot has happened on the positive and the negative side. You know, of course, we all experienced COVID-19 mm-hmm. and the fallout of that, um, which meant that I was not spending as much time in my studio at Prairie View as I would under normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. And once we got through that, I had a little bit of illness that was sort of hanging around, and we're just about to the end of that. And uh, so it's, it's been a good year, an exciting year, a year of reflection, a year of growing my faith, and a year where Janice has been with me 24-7, and it's great. Life just doesn't get any better than that one aspect. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to start laughing at the beginning, but that was a really good joke. <laughs> because... When COVID came and we were on lockdown 24-7, we thought that we weren't going to get out without 
a lot of uh, dissension or just not really getting along. But it turned out to be a lot of fun. Uh, we really had um, great moments. And uh, unfortunately, I have to tell you, I didn't like cooking all the time. But um, we had to cook because we were afraid to trust the restaurants. And a lot of the restaurants weren't cooking. So I started back cooking a lot three meals a day and everything that I hadn't done in a long time. But um, it worked out okay. It worked out well. But when I say we've had some challenges, we have. In fact, we were unable to celebrate our 50th anniversary. Which we need to, we need to just take a quick moment to... Uh acknowledge that you all definitely did celebrate 50 years and you're going on 51 that's a big deal Very nobody big got deal. to really <laughs> say anything because we were so focused on covid yeah. and we couldn't have a big party but mm -hmm. um this is that's huge that yeah. is huge that's true and uh, we were gearing up from a year before that for the um 50-year tune-up on our marriage, but I guess we need a little more time to tune this thing up. And so we're approaching year 51, mm -hmm. and so hopefully things will be good with my health, and we'll all be in a position where we can celebrate. So we're looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess uh, along the lines of um, different things going on, um, we know so far it's been a, a challenging season. Um, do you two feel that you've learned something new about yourselves or each other during the season? I'll go first. Okay. Um, I've learned to trust God even more. Mm. And I feel like um, whenever you have a challenge, it's just a chance for you to see how tough you are. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I haven't felt um, sometimes a little discouraged. But that's only for a day or less than a day. And when I felt discouraged, that's when I really entered into prayer and kept saying, Jesus, please be with me. And I need you here. I need someone to be with me. I need you to be with me. And I had never done that before, even in our 50 years of marriage or 50 years or in my life, I didn't talk to Jesus like that. I didn't talk to God like that. I would say prayers, of course, mm -hmm. and I would pray, but I didn't ever just ask for help in that way, help on an immediate basis. I need, I need you to be here with me because this is... Um, this is overwhelming. I'm not mm -hmm. going to say almost overwhelming. There were times when it was overwhelming. And I'm just one person. I'm not like my husband, and I accept that. But it's been a challenge to bring me closer to God. And I'm grateful for that. And also, our children have been here. I've spent more time with Erica and Lauren and Natalie and even Mark than we've done since they've become adults because they would either be in and out for just a moment and it's no real time. But Erica has been with us since 
October in and out. She'd go back and forth. But mm-hmm. And Lauren came, and she's been here for um, several weeks, and then she's gone, and she's done things, and she's come back. And Mark has surprised us, and he's been here at least twice in less than six months, and that usually doesn't happen. So we've had, and Natalie, of course, so we've had children near us during this time and we've all been together at times when we thought that we would never be together at that time so even though COVID put us in lockdown it actually brought us together more Mm -hmm. what did I learn about myself during this period I guess I learned a lot but um, I cannot necessarily say that I learned to trust because I've always been a trusting person. I've always been the type of person to lean heavily upon God and what he had planned for me in my life. But I think the thing that I learned in, in, in addition to that is the persistence. It's that when things are not going the way I'd want them to go, by no means to think that God has forsaken me. Because to despair is to turn your back on God, and I never went through that type of a thing. So I think through this experience, both Janice and I have really grown uh, in our spirituality. I think our faith has grown. Um, I think that we're at a place now that we were not before we went through the things that we have gone through within the last couple of years. Um, Our relationships with our children uh, have grown. Uh, We've grown closer to them in ways that we never had to be close to them and those types of things. Mm -hmm. And having been an administrator in the university for about 25 years, basically giving out orders, I have been in a position where I had to be the recipient of orders. For instance, <laughs> Dad, have you had your snack at 3 o'clock? <laughs> Dad, have you go to sleep at 8.30? That's very important. Yes, those types of things. So those directives were coming from those uh, younger than I am. So that taught me that I really have to listen and pay attention to uh, the facts that they're thrown to me. Yes, it was important for me to have snacks. It was important for me to have certain type of dietary um, refinements and those types of things. So uh, it's it's been a period of growth, and I think that's what negative, uh, challenging situations sometimes are really there to see how what you're made of and how you can use those resources. So, Dad, you mentioned that it's been a little illness, but it's been bigger than that. Well, that's the way that most of you feel. I figured it was just a little, little something. I mean, isn't everybody in the hospital for eight, nine months? No. <laughs> and he didn't really know how sick he was. I mean, he really didn't know how sick he was. And there were times when, when I wasn't really sure if he was going to, I'm just going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if he was going to really get through it. And, of course, he knew it. He felt it. But... Because I'm a physician and I know what can happen, and I saw what was happening, I was very, very concerned about where we were going. And I didn't bother anybody else with it, but you were very sick. And even your brother told you that, of course, when he says that you believe it. But you were very, very sick. And so, but the good thing about it is, I watched how God protects people. I saw when he couldn't get himself out of bed, and I saw how difficult it was for him to do 
anything and I heard doctors saying they didn't know what was wrong and I couldn't even believe that but I heard it but I've seen him come from all of that to be as strong as he is now capable of really doing a lot more things for himself and eating more and just doing things that he really wasn't doing so that's why I've just seen progress as it comes but I have to mention also the love that's been shown by other people people from our church people in his music ministry our priest just various people family family members people have just shown a lot of love and concern and Mm -hmm. and support and those things are really important when you're going through something like this even though we're not the kind of people who will really ask somebody to help us right you know people definitely people will um offer to do things and help you and all of that but we're just not the kind to just say will you stop by the store and get this for me or something like that but they have offered those kind of things and I appreciate um, the thoughts I told a friend recently it's like I'm sorry it's the intangible things are very, very important, and they're very mm-hmm. special. Uh, not just a card or money or things like that. It's just the thought that people are thinking about you and letting you know that they're thinking about you and asking you if they can help you. Those things are important, and they're intangible, I mean, but they're very, very important. So... Over this time, has the love for one another grown even more? Um, Because you mentioned you spent 24-7 with mom. But when you say those things, have you gotten to know mom? And mom, have you gotten to know dad in a more intimate kind of way? Has the love grown in this 51st year of being almost 51 years of being married. Okay, I'm happy to go. I have I have been very happy to go public with this statement that I have fallen in love with my wife all over again because of what we have gone through during this period. It's easy to love when everything's perfect. You've got enough money, you're feeling good, your body's the way it needs to be, you have lots of friends, you're getting promotions at work and all those types of things. But you take away one of those and you've got something else that you have to deal with. And of course, having strong support to help you get through that, whatever it is, has really been um, a highlight in my life and during this period that we've gone through this. And, uh, you know, when I said she was with me 24-7, it made me realize how I was really cheated when I only spent 18 and 6. 18 hours and six days a week. So I said, guys, I cheated myself all the time. I really needed 24-7 from the day we were married. But but I'm very thankful for those days, and I'm thankful for this. So life is about perspective within context. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was good. I loved her when I married her, but after 50 years, the proof that I love her is still there. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mom, what about you? Has love grown? 
Uh oh, she's silent. My wife is trying to get some sentences together. So, do you have a little music in the and play what she said? There's always, you know, there's music always playing behind our interviews. <laughs> I wouldn't say that it's grown because I already loved him. If I didn't love him, I wouldn't have been here through this whole thing to care for him 24-7. And it has been 24-7. And sometimes it was during a time when medication was making him somewhat um, different in his personality. He would never admit that, but it's... Well, no, you know what? I'm going to actually step in because I have been here since October. Dad, you are the calmest person, even through pain. Because there's moments when I would see that you aren't feeling well. And, I mean, you saw me earlier. I was screaming when a bee got close to my forehead. You heard me. <laughs> but in moments when I would say, oh, my goodness, Dad, I know he's in pain. You would just continue to say, I'm okay. I'm okay. And then, and then you'd make a face and you keep moving. So you really, medicine can change a person and make them you know, upset or angry. That's not you. Right. Well, I, contrary to what my wife has said, medicine made me even nicer. <laughs> you were very, <laughs> very nice. I, I honestly can't say that I have gone through a situation well, where you, you were upset. I have upset. to be real honest, though. No, no wait. You, I will say, though, Dad, medication did take off that filter. You would say whatever was on your mind. Well, I would exactly. say that in a very calm and voice. Yes, you would. No. Like, you Janice, aren't you always really messing up. <laughs> See, the thing is, is I'm not going to expose anything except that there were moments when we were alone and there were moments where only the two of us had those moments. And so I won't say any more, but just to say... It was a challenge. It's been a challenge, but I was meant for this challenge. I was trained for this challenge. I was prepared for this challenge, and I accepted this challenge, and I continue to accept this challenge, and nothing will change with that. Loyalty. All right. (laughs) For Um, better or worse. Oh, yeah, definitely for better or for worse. Um... So what advice would you guys give to a couple going through a new season or a trial in their life that feels unconquerable? Nothing is unconquerable. I always say that problems are opportunities for you to grow, but also to to show your character, build your character, and to show Mm -hmm. who you are. Just because something gets difficult in a marriage between the two of you, that's when you're supposed to bond together and get through it together. You can't do something by yourself. By yourself, it may be very difficult. But if you're together, you can work it out. And But you have to have a plan, and you have to decide how you're going to do it. But also there has to be someone who is the leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone has to be in charge of what's going to happen, how you're going to do it, how you're going to take yourselves there, what you need. You have to have strategy. And you have to get rest, and you have to do things calmly, 
That's true. And you have to fight all of that, whatever's in you, to not get angry about anything. Because you understand that it's just a season. Hmm. Everybody has to go through something. Mm -hmm. You can't get through life without having a challenge. And it's good if you have a challenge because it builds your character. Mm -hmm. And it shows who you are. And I really think that too many people give up too soon, too Mm -hmm. easily. They just give up. Mm-hmm. And they decide they can't do this or they don't want to do it. Well, then that means probably perhaps they're not good for each other anyway. Mm-hmm. You want to be on the same page and you want to say, no matter what, we're going to get through this. I think, I think what's very important is that when you have a relationship and going into it and, and existing in it, you have to realize that life is going to always present you with something that's challenging and something that's difficult. And that I think if there's one thing that needs to be said is that you have to decide if this will make you give up in what you're trying to do or you will be able to keep fighting until you get through it. Mm. So I think that's what ruins many young relationships is that they think that because they have a heated argument that they're not good for each other. Or if someone does something that the other one does not approve of, say, oh, you know, I can't live with this. But you have to realize that that's going to happen with any relationship because you come together as fairly formed adults. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have your own opinions, the way you have done things. And so you can't let the fact that you disagree on many things stop you from what, you, what you're ultimately destined for. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the problem with most young marriages, that they're not prepared for the time that they will have a heated argument. Mm-hmm. And that how are you going to resolve this? My wife said, do everything within your power to not become angry. I don't think that's possible. I think it's, it's human. Mm-hmm. It's the nature of our beings to get angry. It's how you're able to handle your anger and how you're able to walk away from it. Because if you're living, if you're breathing, you're going to get angry about something. Right. No, I didn't mean about anger. I didn't mean anger. Um, for you, anger, anger for right. each other. I understand that. I meant <laughs> angry at the situation. You know, mm-hmm. in other words, with what's happening. And I don't want to cook every day, or I don't want to have to stay in this house and not go anywhere and not see anybody, or I don't want to have to do this 24-7. You don't even think about that. You don't want to get angry about that. You have mm-hmm. to say, you know... This is real. This is happening. Mm -hmm. It needs to be done. Mm -hmm. There's no one else to do it but me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to be angry about it. I'm going to accept it with a good attitude. In other words, have a good attitude about what's happening. But, you know, I think that's also kind of... It depends on the situation because this situation with dad, for for instance, there have been moments when I've been upset about it. Not necessarily upset with God because God has been the reason why we've gotten through. But I've definitely mm-hmm. been upset with like sometimes the responses of certain Some positions, positions or things like that, right? Yeah. So like what dad is saying is that you can be angry, 
but it's how you how you manage that. I didn't go off on the doctors. I certainly didn't tell them how what I really wanted to think. I would be upset, but I would really take that to God. But I think anger changes your whole spirit. I really, I don't know. It's very difficult for me to really define my anger. Well, probably others will define your anger. <laughs> so do you realize you're throwing cups and saucers at my head? No, I've never done that. I've never done that. Don't tell this to people and they'll believe that. No, that's I don't an example. Of I don't throw cups and saucers. No, she doesn't. But what I will do is I still say I'll get quiet. I won't talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll just Thanks be Derek quiet. Is what exactly I won't. No, I won't talk. <laughs> I won't have anything to say. Right. She will have run out and of words. I, no, I. No, I take time to try to get myself back on the right track because it doesn't make any sense to be angry. I'm not helping myself. I'm not helping my blood pressure, my inner spirit. So I just have to get through it. Because it's not going to help me. And in fact, if I got angry at you for something that you were doing, I really couldn't be angry with you. I couldn't say something to you in the state that you were in um, and, and make you feel bad. I wouldn't want to do that. That wouldn't be kind. And I want to be kind. And that would not have been kind, even though I may have been angry. So the thing is, is that you just get yourself, I get myself back in the right frame of mind, know what I have to do, and do it. Well, on those lines, though, being a kind physician, Mom, you're experienced in this medical world, and you did mention earlier, even though you knew certain medical... things that were going on what has it been like supporting dad as a patient and not being on the other side as a physician and what would you recommend to people who don't have a healthcare advocate on their side because one thing's for sure I've noticed you know with if you don't have somebody fighting for you you're at the mercy of whoever's giving you the information and you've been a blessing to be in the rooms when these physicians have come in because you've been able to communicate with them. But mm-hmm. what would you what advice would you give to somebody who doesn't have a you in the room with them? Like what are some things that they should be aware of or asking? Um, and how has it been supporting dad as a from a patient perspective? I think as a physician, no matter what whether you're a patient or you have a family member who's a patient or whatever, you're always a physician. And you're always thinking about what's going on here. I mean, I read the, I went to the National Library of Medicine website so many times every day, every night, just researching studies. And so for other people, I say ask questions and read. Go mm-hmm. to websites, go to um, websites that are reputable, mm-hmm. like the NIH, um, the NIH National Library of Medicine, NIH, NIL. You can, you can find information about whatever problem they're saying that you have. And then when you find questions that you don't understand, the doctors should be obligated to talk to you. And as a physician, I feel that we need to discuss things with patients more often. Even with me, 
I felt that they've not really wanted to discuss things with me that I wanted to discuss. Some of them have blown me off. I've known. I've, I've gotten that impression. I knew that. But I had to try to maintain a sense of, quote, intelligence and not lose it with them because I didn't want them to not be kind to my husband who was a patient. Mm-hmm. But medicine, the medicine world has changed. I don't know if because there are some people who are going into medicine mm-hmm. for the wrong reasons, right. but there are some people who really do not have adequate information who are taking care of patients. I mean, they'll tell you something, and some of that I knew when they were saying it. It didn't even make sense, mm-hmm. but I didn't challenge them because that's the thing. You right. can't challenge medical people like dad wasn't coming into the hospital for a cold four times in a row um every time right. we went in right. they said he had rhinovirus right. which is a cold virus and i just you know once i had to really get with one er physician and say you know what if he doesn't have this i'll give you a hundred dollars i mean listen you you really did talk- say that yeah i told him I told him, I said, if he doesn't have this, I'll give you a hundred bucks, okay? But he doesn't have a cold, okay? So it, it got to the point where you were feeling anxious about the way you were being treated. Mm-hmm. And I know there are a number of people, many of them who are not in health care. They come into the emergency room or they come into different places and they are treated poorly. Right. And I know that because at some time... Because of the color color of our skin. Let's just be real. I don't want to go there, but that is really a problem. Yes, that's a huge problem. Mm -hmm. It's a problem, and I see that, and, and... they what gets me is that they don't even treat you with respect right when they come into your room i don't want anybody calling me mama okay mm. <laughs> even my children don't call me mama <laughs> you know or papa well i think you know, it's a, i don't yeah. there's no there's a lot they see different cultures and automatically assume when you're a different culture you are addressed a certain way mm-hmm. in your culture and that mm-hmm. is not the case. Right. And people are, everybody's different. And I think that everybody should be addressed a certain way. And you ask them, how do you want to me to address you? How do you want me, what do you want me to call you? I mean, if you see my name there, don't automatically assume that I want to be called mama or he wants to be called papa or whatever just because your hair is gray or whatever. I mean, that's just a little thing. That's not even a big thing. To me, to have a doctor to stand in my face and give me instructions on what to do and I'm questioning in my mind that this doesn't sound right and I know it's not right so then I have to go to another doctor that I have a relationship with to discuss it with him for him to help us get what we need to get and then to help get us somewhere else so that we can get what we need there is something wrong with that in well healthcare. clearly and that's that's what I've witnessed as an outsider. And so mm-hmm. for you, as someone who has practiced medicine, you know, more than half of your life, right? Right. So for you to recognize that there is a lack of respect when it comes to just even the simple thing of addressing someone. Right. You know, that's, and, it, and you know, I don't know if, um, what is it, um, 
Black Like Me, the book Black Like Me, where he ended up, you know, living a life as a black man to see what it would be like on the other side. And so it's interesting Mm -hmm. as a physician, you're living the life as a patient on the other side. So you're able to see how people are treated. You didn't treat your patients that way. That's why you had so many people. I I would never treat my patients the way we have been treated in some instances. But we do have good doctors now. Praise God. I can tell you, though, nursing, people in nursing have it down. The nurses that we've seen in all of the cases have been so much more attentive and respectful and just a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. But I am ashamed of my fellow physicians, some of them. I'm really ashamed because they don't have the time and maybe I'll give them I'll give them a, a get out of jail card. Maybe it's because they're so stressed. With COVID. Maybe because of COVID they're overworked and maybe because they have administrators who are putting demands on them that make them feel like they can't even spend five minutes with a the patient. Mm-hmm. They've gotten into that mode and and they do that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um i find that those who are becoming doctors have a greater amount of empathy and compassion Mm -hmm. than the ones who have become doctors and maybe that's because they've been doing it so long and they're beginning to become burned out or something like that i don't know but it's it's been a real really interesting road and I'll let my husband talk because I've talked a lot but how have you felt about this? Well I've I've always said that I felt that I'm extremely blessed to have a wife who is a physician who could Mm -hmm. be an advocate for me who could ask appropriate questions when there were questions to be asked Mm -hmm. so she definitely fulfills a void that would be there if I were going this alone and so I think that What's really important for anybody, if most people don't have a physician who's with them 24-7 or whatever the case may be to bounce things off them, Mm -hmm. but there's such a wealth of knowledge that is readily readily available to anyone who wants to know it. If a doctor gives you a prescription for, for medicine, a medication, and you don't know what it's for, Go, just go online, look it up, see what all of the things that can happen from taking this so that you are prepared to discuss this with the physician whenever you see them again. And ask, us, ask to see the pharmacist because some of the hospitals will have a pharmacist to come to your room. And if you ask, may I please see the pharmacist because I have mm-hmm. some questions that I want to ask. And if the doctor says, well, probably they won't say I can answer your questions because many of them want to hurry up and go and do something else anyway, they'll probably get the pharmacist to come and talk to you. So, mm-hmm. so there's nothing wrong with asking to speak to the pharmacist about your medication after you've looked up some things. And if you have questions about the things that you've read and you don't understand it, just ask, just ask. They owe it to you. And in, in fact, as of January of this year, you can, in the state of Texas, you can look at your records and see what they've written about you. The notes. Um, the notes. You can see the, right. the hospital notes to see what they've written in, in, or in your office notes, medical records. Mm-hmm. You can actually see everything that you want to see. So anyway... Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's important to be informed. I, 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 I caution you about challenging 
um, just work on how you will say what you have to say. And Erica is very good at that, at coaching how to present your thoughts to people so that you don't come off um, agitated or angry or accusing or anything like that. But, but still have your concerns and express them in a way so that they'll understand you're being respectful, but you really want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you guys feel like after going through uh, such a, a tough season that um, it's acceptable to do and say as you please? Oh, no, I don't. I don't ever advocate that, uh, you know, across the board. What do you what do you mean by that? Look up. Wait, but well, what you do know, you mean? You know, you know how sometimes some people can you know go through things and it kind of makes them a certain way. So then after a while they just feel like they can just do whatever and yeah. say whatever well, to people. Like you don't need to be wearing that shirt. Like like I didn't. Oh, I you didn't mean to through. be unfiltered? <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfiltered. Yeah. Oh, I've always been unfiltered. <laughs> we know this question is really directed to dad. Right, right, right. Well, I think that. At any age, young age or old age, there's a scripture that says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I spoke as a child, I thought as a child, and then when I became an adult, I put away childish things. And I think, scripturally, I think that's something important about speaking first and thinking next. Mm-hmm. And so that I think one is to be advised that before one opens one's mouth and others words that they have been well thought out right mm-hmm. then rather than just opening it whatever comes up comes out and so that's how i feel that this is if there's a right time to say things there's a right way to say things and uh, it comes from practice and also being tutored in the, in the tutored in that in that respect so coming out of this though you feel like if you saw something that wasn't, you know, you would you would filter. You keep things, keep a parameter on your thoughts. You don't have to say everything that's on your mm-hmm. mind. Yeah, I, I don't think you should ever say everything that's on your mind. Correct. One, one way or the other, we, we agree on that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I mean, that but that that comes with the process of maturation. As you get older, as you mature, then you know how to approach situations that you did not. All of us can look back and say, "Gosh." How stupid was I to have said that, to have done that at that time? Right. Mm-hmm. But it's the nature of young people to be experimental, right. to be able to be loose and say, well, I don't care what anyone thinks. That's that's a young person who has no, you know, has, has doesn't have a boundary about what they are to say and what they are to do. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But um, a lot of this comes with, with aging. I, I, I recognize so much that my father said when we were growing up, didn't pay any attention to it. Didn't make any sense to us. Hmm. But as I get older, I find that I'm just in sync with the things that he advised us hmm. about doing those days. You know, during those days. So it, it it comes with living. There's an advantage to be 70 years old. It's over 25. You've lived. <laughs> you've experienced life. You haven't experienced life at 25 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it's changed me. When I say unfiltered, I'm not going to say something to really hurt someone's feelings intentionally. Mm -hmm. And if I do, really, I didn't intend to do that. Now, with my children, I don't have any boundaries, so I've been told. But but that means (laughs) that I always feel like I want to try to help them 
to see things in a way so that they they have their eyes open and mm-hmm. that their eyes are wide open and so I may say things but then when I do that I could hurt feelings and I've learned to be very careful with that and that mm-hmm. again comes with doing and seeing what happens but and getting older of course mm-hmm. <laughs> but 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 I'm not. She's a scientist. She likes to experiment first. And I then do. when it blows up, she's like, oh, wow. I won't, I won't mix those two chemicals ever again. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> but no, I'm not going to ever say anything that's going to hurt somebody's feelings. Well, if I know them or don't know them, I'm very careful about that. Mm-hmm. But if I see danger, if I see something that really looks like there's, not, there's something wrong with this picture, and I really see it, then I feel obligated to say something about it. You know, see something, say something. There's some value in that, and I, I just have to do that. But I'm, it hasn't changed me in that respect. This whole is, experience has just only shown me what I'm capable of doing mm-hmm. and that I can be strong and that I can still stay up late and get up early and all those kind of things. You're a whippersnapper, girl. I'm always going to be a whippersnapper. Whippersnapper. No, 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 no. No, uh, an energizer bunny. I'm grateful for my energy. I'm grateful that I can still do things. And the only thing is I can't climb a ladder. Otherwise, I would have been up there fixing those light bulbs today. But I can't do that anymore. We don't want you doing that. (laughs) Well, all I have to say is, um, you know, I'm glad, Dad, that you said there's a boundary as far as acting and reacting. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I saw a woman in church once. I think I told you about her. She was eating a cookie as she walked down the aisle to find her seat. And I said, if I were to do something like that, people would consider me disrespectful. But she's 80. She deserves to eat a cookie as she walks down the church aisle. (laughs) Well, she could have had diabetes and needed some sugar right away. The lady Uh, just wanted to eat her cookie. Well, we don't know why she was eating the cookie. She may have missed Mm -hmm. breakfast. She may have been rushing to get to church. And that was the first time she had a moment to eat and she needed to get in. And somebody, she grabbed something just at the door when she was coming down. Yeah, they're all, and that's why I say you can't judge people on the basis of what you see unless you have background information because you don't really know what's happening and the reason for it and all of that. But as Mm -hmm. a young person, um, understanding what Erica is saying she could have been faced with that same set of circumstances but she would have been reprimanded because she was young that was that was that's the only difference right. in other words she mm-hmm. could have been low right but who would have reprimanded come you? on dad come with me who would have reprimanded you though <laughs> anybody who would have? somebody in the congregation she knows she's not supposed to be eating in the sanctuary she knows you know what be. though I have learned this you have to know who you are. I think I may have said this in the last last podcast because that's that's my mantra. That's what I feel. You have to know who you are. Mm-hmm. And you can't let other people make decisions for you or direct what you're supposed to do or how you're supposed to go because you know what you need to do and right. you know what you want to do. That's right. And so... Um, some people may judge you harshly or whatever, but if you have to do something and that's what you have to do, then you do it. So speaking of, of young people and wanting to do their own thing, um, I actually just read this article that said very few millennials and um, the younger generation, yeah. Of course. 
um, they aren't planning for a future because of the state of the world uh, with COVID and all of the ridiculous hate crimes going on. So based on what you've endured, is living in the present more important than planning for a future? I think one should always plan for the future. As, as, as a bland as the present might seem, you have to operate knowing that there is something on down the road. And as an old saying that yesterday's uh, radical is today's conservative. As you mm. mature, mm -hmm. you feel quite differently about things. You know, in other words, a building for a life that probably is going to happen. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we're, the world is in a terrible shape now. Right. But in spite of man's efforts with the atmosphere and, and climate control, right. man has not destroyed the world, the earth. Mm -hmm. And so there are some difficult times. There are some prices that we have to pay for some of the things that we have done that were not prudent. Mm -hmm. But when, there is going to be a tomorrow. I, I, I just, I just I, whether, whether it happens or not, I don't think you should say, okay, I'm going to just do what I want to because this generation messed up everything. I don't think that's a good attitude at all. I think you should do something. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in building for our children and our grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And as, as disenchanted as I could be justifiably with some of the things that are going on, I don't think I should ever let that override what really makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, it's a personal type of a thing. But young people, I can see, yeah, y'all messed up the world now. I've got to pay the price for it, you know, and that type of a thing. But that's that's pretty age old. I mean, that's really Aristotle back in his day said, you know, what's, what's happening to this young generation? They just a gobble up dainties at the table. They talk loud. They don't have any restraint about themselves. So that way back then. So mm -hmm. human nature just is human nature, irrespective of where you are. Mm -hmm. Those people in Ukraine want the same thing as the people here in Houston, Texas. They want to have a living. They want to right. be able to provide for their children. They want to be educated and those types of things. Right. So mm -hmm. I, anytime I would come upon a person who would tell me that a young person, I would sit down and try to you know, give them my perspective on it and that type of a thing. And sometimes that's a cop-out to just do whatever they want to do, saying, well, you know, this, this, this tomorrow is not going to happen right. anyway, but go from there. But mm -hmm. we're still existing for millions of years. There right. is nothing right. new mm -hmm. under the sun. Mm -hmm. And we've gone through different centuries of different things happening and all. Mm -hmm. There are going to be people who are going to live to be 60, 70, 80. I really do, 100. I really do believe that's going to continue. And I think that if you do not plan for the future, then you're planning to fail. You're planning to be homeless or you're planning mm -hmm. to be a vagrant. And so I'm not saying to not live in the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. But you also should prepare for the future. So you should be wise. And I think wise people, you're very, very fortunate if you can be wise and think beyond that moment mm -hmm. that you're in. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you should enjoy your trips and enjoy your activities, but don't just spend everything you have spend don't just spend all of your energy, your time, your money, your everything don't do that save some because mm -hmm. you're going to need some for each day that you go that you see or whatever and I just think that um, saying that you're not going to save anything and you're, you're, you're going to just do it all right now is a little bit reckless well I mean I think it's risky Balance. but there it is yeah. 
Yeah, it's all, all about balance, balancing the mm. two. It's it's okay to to essentially live your life, but you also want to uh, have that plan in place for the future. So mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a, a matter of balance for sure. That's mm-hmm. correct. I agree with you, Derek. What is it if you plan, if, if you, you don't, fail, no, if, if you, you fail, fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so how has your faith in God led you through this situation? Um, was there anything specifically that you guys kind of leaned on, people, uh, friends, things that you like to do, anything? Well, I think, you know, as I said at the beginning of this conversation, my faith has really grown and has increased mm-hmm. to what I personally have experienced these last two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from leadership in the church. You know, it's just um, we've had really good response from our um church members but our priest has been very responsive he's visited several times in the hospital and um he prays for danny or prays for us together but Mm -hmm. he constantly he insisted on prayer today before individually privately before tomorrow's event and just a lot of different things but i i feel like whoever you are if you're going to lead people and really be responsible for the lives of other people, that you should be sure that you include empathy and compassion and ethics and all of those good things that really help other people to know what to do to be responsive. Because if you're leading and you're not caring, then you're leading a group of people into a situation of how to not care. Mm -hmm. But if you're leading with love and you're leading with care Mm -hmm. and you're caring about people, and making them feel like they matter, mm-hmm. then everybody who is involved with you will want to make other people feel that they matter mm-hmm. to each other. Just, just the matter. And I think now I'm not going to get on the subject, but right now in this world that we're in, we're so there's so many people who have become so self-centered, so mm-hmm. self-absorbed, but they're not caring about what happens to other people. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like I've seen this with COVID. It's like I don't want to wear a mask because it makes me sick. Don't well, get me started on the mask. We have a conversation <laughs> about mask every single episode. I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's it's about. It's about self-centeredness. It means that if people would look outside themselves and just look at the fact that it's not just about them. Mm-hmm. It's about other people. And that comes with anything that you do. Right. Anything that you do, it's really not just about you. But I'm sure, of course, you have to think about yourself sometime. You know, you have mm-hmm. to have your self-care and all of this. And some psychologist will say some things otherwise or whatever. Ah. But what I'm saying is that you need to care about others mm-hmm. and not just be so concentrated on your wants and your desires and what you want to have done because it's not just about one person it's about a lot of other people and I feel like what I do 
I'm really trying to be an example. And I know sometimes I fail because I'm human. But I really want my daughters to know what it's like to care for somebody who needs you. Okay? And you know what? It's funny because a bell is just chiming right now. It's almost like as soon as she's about to go off topic, God said, beep, beep. Next question. No, you're right though, Mom. I've watched how you have cared for Dad. What are you both most appreciative of? Uh, I'm, I, I hardly ever say a prayer without thanking God for this day, for my health, for life, for friends, for family, all those types of things. And that's, that's an awful lot in that ball of wax. Mm-hmm. But um, if one part of that is missing, to me, I, I would be deficient. So there's a, you know, there's so much. I have a wonderful family. We have four wonderful children who are hardworking children, and and we appreciate that in them. And um, our grandchildren seem to be falling into that same that same line, of, you know, of thought. So I'm thankful for so much, and most of my prayers are prayers of thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I thank mm-hmm. God for what He's done more than I ask him to do things for him because practically everything that he's needed to do for me, he's already done. I just thank him for it. That's right. And mm-hmm. so that's, that's, that's how I feel about this, this subject. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. I'm very grateful that I'm still here. We are too. That I'm, that I'm still able to do things. Right. Yeah. And that I'm still able to think and do the things that need to be done and can do them and do them without um, fatigue or difficulty. So I'm mm-hmm. just grateful. I'm grateful. I don't really feel um, the age that I'm supposed to be, and I'm not going to give my age on this podcast. Please don't do that to me. What? That you're, that you're 21? Right. Plus. <laughs> well, let's just say I'm grateful. I'm, I'm grateful mm-hmm. to be here. And it's, um, it's a blessing. And each day that we see each day it's a blessing i'm grateful for my family i'm grateful for friends so many things but i'm grateful for my husband and the fact that he is getting better each day yes and that Mm -hmm. he's going to be this time next year when we have a podcast Mm -hmm. that we'll be celebrating or talking about our big celebration that we had that's right so yes. we're going to really be excited about that. Absolutely. Right. That's true. Um, you want to buy me that big present that I wanted. <laughs> I already bought it for you. What? When? <laughs> that, the, the eyes that you just, you know what's so funny? Um, you all can't see this, but she put her arm around him and she said, and that big present. And you know what, Derek? You know who that reminds me of? Who does that remind you of? There it is, me. <laughs> Yourself. There it is. That sound. That looks like. But I I'm not talking. Some about. things are taught, and some things are caught. I 
definitely caught that one, Dad. <laughs> the love of gifts will never be a problem with me. Okay, okay. Well, that's good. But both of you need to remember that being is relative. <laughs> Dad, don't try and rain on our gift parade, okay? <laughs> really, I don't even have, I'm just joking because I don't really have anything that I want the gift, to give me. The gift is y'all that being here. I haven't here. already given you. Oh, I can tell you a few things. You know what? The amount of shade that is happening between the two of you, actually, we're changing that. Dad today told me, oh, someone threw uh, some ice water on you. So instead of saying shade, I'm going to start saying Derek. Oh, they threw some ice water on me. That's what I'm going to start saying. No longer shade. She got a lot of ice no longer water shade, today. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she got a lot of ice water today. I sure enough did. I got a lot of ice water. And she was doing oh, a man. good deed. Mm-hmm. She was really doing a good deed, but the lady was very icy. That's all right. So icy. Look at her using Gucci man's turn. <laughs> um, but before we, before we wrap up, uh, I just want to say I love you both so much. And we love you. We love you. And love you guys as well. <laughs> love you, Derek. And I'm thankful that we could bring. We're thankful. Love you, Derek. I have to say that because I don't want to sound like I'm not paying attention. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I oh, jumped fine, in be before you both could say. How about we all just say I love you on one, two, three. I, I love, love you. you. <laughs> so. Um, but no, I'm thankful that y'all are here, Dad. I'm 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 not gonna get emotional because you know I love to drop some tears. Mm. Oh, yes. <laughs> but I will say that I asked God for a lot of things, and one of the things is for you all to be able to go on these next big milestones with me and with Derek and with our whole family. And so God has answered that prayer. And he has not failed me, and he's not going to fail me yet. He hasn't failed Mm -hmm. me yet. And so I know that great things are in store because of your faith in God. Mm -hmm. When you don't turn your back on God, he leads you to a lot of great opportunities. And this isn't a church podcast. This is just me, really speaking. Mm -hmm. So I know that great things are in store for you both. And um, we can't wait to have you back for season three. For mm-hmm. more updates. And who knows, y'all might even start your own podcast. Derek, oh. maybe your mom and my parents should start a podcast. What would we talk about? Booming with the boomers. Oh, not booming with the boomers. We are baby boomers, you know that, right? Well, mom and dad are. Yeah. Your mom isn't a baby boomer. No, no, my well, mom's not. Well, yeah. Booming times two plus. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But we're just thankful that y'all are here. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting us to come back and talk. So that's it for this week's episode. But a special thank you to the Vapor Caves for our intro music and to all of you for tuning in. Please write a review, like, and subscribe so you can be amongst the first to receive each week's new episode. And please be sure to check out our Instagram page at NotSoCrazyLove for any other announcements about the podcast. See you.